Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Warning. The episode you're about to hear involves descriptions of domestic violence. Listener discretion is advised. If you met Gareth Pursehouse, you'd think he was some kind of model or actor groomed to play the role of Superman. Chiseled face, square jaw, perfectly gelled hair, and well-built at six foot four with at least a 12-pack of abs. Best of all, you discover that he lives in LA, but he isn't an actor. He's a software engineer. If you're single and he's your type, he seems like Mr. Right, looks good on paper and in person. But beware to those who date him. Amy Harwick was a renowned sex and relationships therapist in Los Angeles. She had an incredible lifestyle in Hollywood, and we actually had many friends in common. Amy saw the same great qualities in Gareth that I just mentioned at first. But looks can be deceiving. It's only when you get to know someone that you truly find out just who they are. And in June 2011, Mr. Wright turned into Mr. Psycho. According to a restraining order Amy filed against Garrett, he choked her, suffocated her, kicked her, slammed her head into the ground, and punched her on multiple occasions. A year later, he pulled her out of a car gave her a bloody nose, and left her on the freeway. When they broke up, Amy told friends that if anything ever happened to her, it would be because Gareth Pursehouse did something. And then, it happened. According to reports, she came home on Valentine's Day, and he was allegedly waiting for her. The body of Amy Harwick was found on the ground underneath her balcony. She'd been strangled, and thrown to her death. This happened in 2020, nine years after they'd broken up. I should say that Gareth allegedly murdered her since he pled not guilty and is currently awaiting trial. But it would be a sacrilege to her name and her memory to say anything other than what I believe is the truth. Amy Harwick was tragically and senselessly murdered by a stalker who almost a decade after the relationship ended still couldn't let go of his murderous rage. Detectives say Harwick had taken out a restraining order against ex-boyfriend Garrett Pursehouse, but that order had expired and that she'd recently spoken about fearing him and said she'd seen him a couple weeks ago. A stalker is not an inconvenience. A stalker is a criminal. Psychologically abusive always. Physically abusive sometimes. And all too often, would rather end someone's life than move on. So when I found out that Elaine Park had an ex who'd been stalking her, someone who she blocked on her phone, and that this ex had a trial coming up for possession of an unlicensed firearm. 
I knew I had to look into it. And fast. Because he was planning to run to Mexico. Episode 4, Chapter 7, The Trial. That's the sound of Susan Park returning to the home of Mike Einziger and Anne-Marie Simpson for a second meeting with the Malibu team, which also consists of myself and Ingrid. Rather than interrupting repeatedly to identify each of our voices, it may be easier to just assume that we're all one voice. Susan has returned because she's at a dead end in the investigation. We've been able to raise some reward money for her, as she requested, but everything else seems to be falling apart for her. First, and most tragically, her hope in the police. I honestly don't think they're doing anything right now, but... You know, if there's no leads, then it's time for us to say, hey, you know, we have no leads, so here's the reward. Anyone has information, please come forward, because we have no leads. We have nowhere to go. I don't know. I'm just so, like, upset. Like, what do I do? We need to get our heads together. We'll get to the bottom of this. She's also not happy with the private investigator, Jaden Brandt. You guys know more information than Jaden. I mean, there's a lot of things you guys digged up. I'm worried and concerned because of Jaden's lack of involvement. And, you know, he's he's departing more and more. It seems like he's losing interest. He's, you know, going into different cases. What are you guys' thoughts about just letting Jaden go? Let's reach out to him. Let's see what's going on. He won't return my laptop and the iPhone. So I'm just so, like, upset. Like, why isn't Jay, why is Jaden doing this? We reassured Elaine's mother that we'd speak to Jaden for her and try to get copies of Elaine's phone and laptop so we could all examine them. I followed up with Jaden, and last Thursday, he supposedly spoke to the detective of okay. Manhattan Beach South. So he said he claims that he has all the information. This was the first we'd heard of a police detective in Manhattan Beach, a coastal community over 30 miles away from Malibu, as well as from Glendale, where Elaine lives. It was unclear to us why a Manhattan Beach detective would be involved in Elaine's case. Apparently, she was with this guy who was 19 or something, and he had a gun. So they were both got arrested, and then she had to, you know, testify against this guy. But the court kept delaying and delaying. It was March 22nd this year. She was supposed to mandatory appear. Wait, this sounds really significant. What's his name? I don't know the name. We sat there with our mouths dropped open. We couldn't believe that Elaine was scheduled to testify in court against someone right before she disappeared, and that this was our first time hearing about it. So I said, you know, even she's not in this earth, let's say, I wouldn't want to have a warrant in a record. 
to fall over to heaven. I don't want that. I just don't want that. I want a clearer name. You know, what happened? What's going on? This and that. Um, so wait, what's the relationship between... She says that she doesn't really know him. They were maybe doing drugs or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, yeah, you know, it just clicked, my, it clicked on me. Wow, maybe that has something to do with the motive. Susan had entered the house that day at a dead end, but she left with a new angle for us to investigate and some much-needed hope. Really, thank you guys. You know, really appreciate um, all this going on because, honestly, I, my hopes are disappearing. I'm losing faith because Glendale just shuts everything I discuss. By Glendale, Susan means the Glendale Police Department. They don't even want to entertain whatever I tell them. They just don't want to, he just don't want to listen. And it's just weakening me. You know, I'm losing my strength. Um, and by you guys doing this again, you know, it, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm happy and uh, gives me hope again. After Susan leaves, we reach out again to Elaine's friends to see if we can get any information on this mysterious car passenger who Elaine was arrested with. We start with Sadie. Sadie's Elaine's closest friend from high school and the last person to see Elaine before she went to her ex-boyfriend Devine's house that fateful night. We begin by asking her an open-ended question. Was there anyone new or unusual that Elaine was hanging out with before she disappeared? Yeah, there was just like random guys that she would go on dates right. with, but it didn't really. Any other names that pop out? There was like a guy named Lolo. Any thoughts on him in general? I just think he's like weird. In what way? Um, he would like always call her, and plus she got in trouble with him. She was pulled over, and they pulled out a gun in his backpack, and she had no idea. This was clearly the guy we were looking for. I was gonna call. Elaine's mom or the PI and see if they were looking into him because he gives me this weird feeling how he would like get a hold of her off other numbers when she's blocked and he would always call her and he was like obsessed with her or something. It was really weird. We asked Sadie what she knew about the upcoming court date where Elaine was supposed to testify against Lolo. They had a court case coming up that he was really worried about. He would just call and ask her like, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna do? I just think it's a possibility because yeah. he was really worried and he could have gone to jail and been in a lot of trouble and Elaine was with him. I don't know. Yeah. I just remember her saying, like, he just says he's going to go to Mexico and he calls me and asks about it. So He's, like, tripping out about it. Did he want her to, like, do a cover story for him? What did he want her to say? I don't really know, but Elaine was wondering, like, what she should say. And I told her, like, just be honest when you go in. Like, be honest. Like, don't lie about anything. You didn't even know he had that. Like... You have nothing to hide. And she was like, I know, but he's like friends with a lot of like rappers that I hang out with, like underground rappers. And she was just like worried if she got him in trouble. I mean, the more you talk, the more suspicious I am of Lola. Yeah, he was weird. She met Lola like around the time she got arrested. Like they didn't know each other for a very long time. And they had like this short thing that was going on for a really short time, and then like she just got weirded out by him. He was like obsessed with her. 
She was like, I've blocked him off everything and he's still finding ways to call me. He's like, won't stop calling me. I just feel like he was a troublemaker. Like, I feel like he would do really bad stuff. Do you know just like social media at all? No, I tried finding it like two days ago, right. but I don't even know his real name. So if you go like on Instagram under blocked, it says every user. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like he has to be like- We can ask, we can ask Jane to take- I want to just text him now? I'll, I'll text him now. I think she definitely left Divs fine. I just want to find her and find her safe. After speaking with Sadie, this definitely seemed like a possible motive worth looking into. There have been cases of someone threatening witnesses or worse, in order to silence them before a court date. But based on our recent experiences, I didn't want to jump to any conclusions just yet. I needed to find this ex who Elaine was blocking, and fast, just in case he really was planning to run to Mexico. Chapter 8. You Don't Know Me. She ran out of iCloud storage space, and that's why it, it did not uh, continue to do the backup. That's Jaden Brandt, the private investigator who's been working pro bono for Susan. I want to ask him what he knows about Lolo, but first I update him on his client's concerns and let him know she wants Elaine's phone and computer back. I also ask for the copies of those devices that they offered to share with us at the first meeting. So what I can do is, you know, I have the images of the phone from the backup, and I have the computer image that we have now from her existing MacBook. So what I need is I need an iPhone that we can, that we can place that image on. Second, need a MacBook so that we can load the image from her MacBook. She's got a MacBook Air. It's 128 gig, but once we get it onto another computer, then we can start to play around with it and see what's there. So two quick things before I jump off. Uh, one is, Susan's been upset, I guess, that you haven't been returning texts or calls. Uh, so what should I tell her? Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's a couple of things, a couple of anomalies that I'm trying to trying to put together before I, you know, get back to her and answer whatever questions she has. Got it, will do. And also, can you send me any texts and communication you have between Elaine and Lolo? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at what I have and get it over to you for sure. While we waited for Jaden to send us the text exchanges between Elaine and Lolo, Ingrid started researching him. By reviewing the accounts that Elaine had blocked, Ingrid managed to find Lolo's social media profile, photographs of him, and his actual name. This is some crazy stuff. What? This is crazy. So I went into the Sheriff's County website. They have a, a whole inmate information, so you could just punch in the inmate's name, last name, the first name, and it will give you the information of release dates, any arrests, or any, any of that. And check this out. It looks like he was arrested in Huntington Beach and was released in Venice Beach a couple of days before Elaine went missing. That's crazy. But the fact that he got out two days before Elaine went yeah. missing. We definitely have to talk to him. 
eventually, Jaden sent the texts that he was able to find between Lolo and Elaine. Here are two actors reading just a few of those messages. So should I give you space or something if I scare you? You make me mad as fuck. I give you so much attention and you don't really pay attention to it. You're being too crazy blowing my shit up. Please give me some space. I'm literally going to go to your house and fight you. Hello? Don't wake me up, then ignore me. You better fucking reply, motherfucker. You make me angry at times. Reading these texts, combined with Lolo's police record, was very disturbing. There were other messages telling Elaine that people are going to die in an attack at a concert she was going to. With Glendale police still uninterested in pursuing this, according to Elaine's mom, Mike Einziger and I met to discuss how to most safely approach Lolo. Uh, this one might be, we might be better off uh, letting a professional handle this one. Yeah, there's a guy that I that I know who I've known for for years. Um, he's a private investigator who's handled all kinds of high profile cases, and you know he's ex law enforcement and has access. And he's really, really, really good at finding people. We've we've you know had like stalker issues and things like that in the past, and um, and this is kind of like the guy you call to make that go away. You know, if Lolo lives in kind of a more dangerous area, um, I know that this guy won't have any problem whatsoever uh, going down into an area and and finding, you know, finding him and talking to him. I, th I think it's definitely uh, a good call at this point to bring him in. And what do we do about Jaden? Do we, we... No, I think we, I think we tell Jaden. Okay, so I'll call Jaden. I'll share the plan with him, get his okay with it, and then let's send your guy out after this information. Perfect, that sounds like a plan. Mike reached out to his detective friend, who works behind the scenes and didn't want his name mentioned on this podcast. We met with him a couple of days later to come up with a plan to confront Lolo. Did Lola show up at any of the fundraisers or no. searches or anything? Has no. he reached out to her mother or anybody that you know? No, not that we know of. He's so stalkerish on the text messages. And jealous. But also it's like, WTF, call me back now. What, what do you mean you have bruises on your legs? What does that mean? Were you on your knees? Yeah. You have to be really, really careful in my opinion because yeah. of what little history he has. You would want to have him here. You wouldn't want to let him know too much about you. Honestly think that Neil shouldn't be talking to Lolo. He's kind of a scary guy. Thankfully, the private investigator agreed that he should be the one to talk to Lolo. The following night, after obtaining the address where Lolo lives with his mother in Englewood, the private investigator Mike hired waited outside the home in his car. The neighborhood is very close to the airport, 
so you'll hear planes flying overhead. It's also not the safest area in L.A., so the private investigator brought back up. Soon, the sun set. Is that him? An hour later, they saw Lolo walking along the sidewalk alone, carrying a skateboard. I'm going to stand outside of the car after these cars get past. He waited until Lolo was a few feet away from the car. Yeah, movement. Then opened the door, stepped out, and confronted him. That guy in the white. Yeah. Skateboarder. Yeah. Hey, man. We don't know each other, but we're good. How are you? Came to talk about Elaine. Got a minute? How do I know you? You don't. How'd you get my name? How'd you get my number? Elaine, from her records. This is a very bad neighborhood. Well, it can't be too bad. The three of us are here. So, so what's going on? Well, I'm coming to find out what you know about it, if anything. I haven't, uh, like, I haven't spoke to her in, like, a ridiculous amount of time. When was the last time you saw her? The last time I saw her was when probably, like, I've, I got arrested with her, like, being in jail. And that's when I decided I'm not going to be, like, around her anymore. After that, like, I seen her, like, we hung out once or twice, and then, like, she told me, like, just basically to stop talking to her, and I was like, that's fine, like, what, what is that? She's missing. As soon as the information registered on Lolo, he instantly dropped a skateboard. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Took a step back and covered his face which swelled red with tears. When you were with her, you, she ever talked to you about being unhappy or? Like, 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 this is like, like, this is not a joke to me at all. Like, I don't know you two, like, like. Dude, I'm not this, a, this I'm is, not a like, joke to you. I would you. literally, like, probably, like, I would hit you guys. Like, are you serious? If you're joking with me. Dude. Are you serious, sir? Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. And I'm sorry if this is the first you're hearing of it because I would have thought that you would have heard I'm, about I'm, it from somebody sir, else. I think about her almost every day. Like I, I'm assuming she she's goes to she she went to school. She had a good job. But I, I I assume that everything is gonna be fine. She told me last time I, I was talking to her. She told me I'm, she's gonna stop hanging out with people. She's not gonna be on the internet. All these things. I assume she just told me this to, to me like like stop talking to her. But I'm like, okay, it's fine. Is there any L- way Lolo, l- l- like, any yeah. way, like at all, please? Like, l- let can me I have a card or something, please. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you what the deal is. Uh, she's been missing since January. I haven't talked to her since before that. I wouldn't. She blocked my phone number. I tried to call her like probably within the, like last two months. Probably I, I, my phone number is blocked, so I assumed that's just what it was. So you guys used to do a little lean and some other stuff, no big deal, right? Oh yeah, I've drank lean with her, like not, like, yeah, like I've drank lean with her, like a little bit of lean, not like anything to the point where like we're like not aware of what's going on. 
Right. It's like she's not the type of girl to be doing drugs to where the point she's something can happen to. I see a lot of girls like that. She's not. She wasn't one of the girls. I can't see her doing that with anybody else. I can't see anybody influencing her to do something that could lead her to this. So you still have a case pending? Or two or three? Honestly, I don't know. Like, I had one, like, when me and Elaine got arrested. Like, that case was ridiculous. I, I don't know. I got pulled over, and the police officer told me, okay, you're going to jail for a warrant. And I go to the, I go to the court, I go to the, the Manhattan Beach Police Office uh, Department, and then one of the detectives is like, he starts bringing up a gun, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I'm drunk, like I, I came from a concert, I came from a concert. Elaine didn't drink, she was driving. I was drunk, so I'm kind of like thrown off, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you said you took me for a warrant. So like, I don't want to stand out here in the street because it is what it is, but I'd love to uh, uh, get a chance to to but come and privately meet with a couple of people who are really good folks who are who are putting up their own money right. to try and help find her. Yeah, I would I have no problem. I want her I don't want this to happen at all. I need mean, I would love to help this. I would be nothing more that would make me happy to help with this just Yeah, well we wanna we wanna find her. Yeah, we need to stop. Alright. This is just Nothing I would ever imagine to, to like anybody I know, let alone this 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 specific. The moment you said her name, I knew something was wrong. I I, I knew something was wrong. I, if she were going to run away, where would she go to? She would never do that. She wouldn't be missing, sir. So so. Uh, something happened. I'm assuming because she's not the type of girl that would go miss. She wouldn't do anything of that like at all like she would never she doesn't hang out with people that like that she doesn't somebody has somebody has knows like what's going on like man i feel like it's my fault that i just left Why her would it be alone your fault? i left her alone like i was always like looking after her and like we like talking to her making sure she was okay and i just stopped I just, because she, she wanted space, so I gave her that space, so I care about her. On Lolo's Twitter that very same night, he seemed to have an emotional breakdown. He posted about Elaine being missing. He posted about how much pain he was in. And there's a video of him acting out and basically picking a fight with a fast food restaurant employee. It seemed clear from watching the entire interaction that when the private investigator rolled up on Lolo, Lolo thought he was being confronted for stalking Elaine. He seemed to have no idea that she'd gone missing. His reaction seemed genuine, as well as his offer to help. And this leaves us again wondering what happened to Elaine Park and who is responsible. Coming up on To Live and Die in L.A. They were in there screaming. She, like, grabbed the glass with her hand to try to get the people out. Her hands were, like, all bleeding. The fact that there was a hit is 
is, is significant. Yeah, now these dogs, you know, they detect bodies, they detect blood. They're basically like, you know, murder dogs. Definitely destroying evidence. They're working on writing warrants and really crafting that final plan. Thank you for listening to this episode. This is still an active investigation, so if you have any information regarding the disappearance of Elaine Park or any of the parties that have been mentioned here, please email us at livediela at tenderfoot.tv or you can call us anonymously at 213-204-2073. Please reach out if you have any information specifically photographs or videos of the area where Elaine's car was found between January 28th, 2017 and February 2nd, 2017. I've also posted several details about the case. You can find these on our social media accounts at LiveDieLAPod. If you are a victim of stalking or sexual assault, call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at one 800 656-4673. To Live and Die in L.A. is a production of Tenderfoot TV and Neil Strauss in association with Cadence 13. Executive producers are Neil Strauss, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay. Produced and edited by Tristan Bankston. Consulting producer, Alex Vespasted. Mixed and mastered by Cooper Skinner, and Devin Johnson. Original music and score by Makeup and Vanity Set with additional musical services by Tristan Bankston. The theme song is Love and War by Flurry. Cover design by Trevor Eiler. Elaine and Lolo's texts read by Elizabeth Blackwell and Tristan Bankston. And special thanks to Chris Corcoran and the team at Cadence 13, Orrin Siegel, Orrin Rosenbaum, and Grace Royer at UTA the Nord Group, Station 16, and Beck Media and Marketing. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Our hope is to expose these stories so that we may learn from them and hold those responsible accountable for their actions. Thank you for your support.